Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Bobcat fans, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 7th of June. This is your host, Colton Gibson, and today I'm joined by my producer, Richard Prasadioko, and co-host, David Castaneda. We are bringing you a little summer sports talk this morning, but before we get started, let's throw it over to Richard for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Well, we are going to go ahead and start our show with a little bit of local sports. We are going to wrap up Texas State baseball season. Since the last episode of Bobcat Radio, the Texas State baseball team had its season ended after not being selected to an NCAA regional. Bobcats on the year, ending the record. Ending with a record of 36 and 23, 17 and 13 in the Sunbelt Conference. Unfortunately, lost twice to Louisiana in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. But overall, another great season, back to back, really good seasons for the Bobcat baseball team now. Yeah, I mean, you know, what can you say about this season with, with the season that the Bobcats had last year? Everybody was sort of, you know, expecting, uh, something similar to that this year and what I what I really noticed you know despite the the good overall record uh they struggled in conference and that was the most notable part of this season the uh inconsistency for the Bobcats you know everybody expected regression from last year you know due to due to several players leaving but whenever whenever a Texas State team has a season like that you know and gets everybody on the bandwagon it kind of it kind of adds on, and, and and they're expected to to have a to have a, a good season. But you know the numbers show, you know why they weren't able to perform the same as last year. Uh, middle of the pack in the in the conference as far as ERA with an ERA above five point five. You know that's that's pretty bad. Uh, third to last in batting average at two seventy one. But overall, you know the Sun Belt had an incredible year with the batting average. Uh, you know, just to show you, Coastal Carolina was number one at 309 batting average for a team. So, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to point out like all the all the you know little things that this team wasn't able to do. But as far as the main thing, I would say inconsistency. Taking a look at a couple of the team leaders, you mentioned some of the low averages, but. Davis Powell and Cameron Wilde both leading the team with a 337 batting average, so very good seasons for them. The home run category was obviously led by freshman sensation Chase Mora, 17 bombs up on the board. And in RBIs, Jose Gonzalez, the leader of this team, had 60 RBIs. Looking at the pitching side of things, Jack Stroud had the best ERA at the 3.56. So as you mentioned, 3.5 is still a little bit elevated for especially a pitcher that pitches mostly out of the bullpen. So... The bats were there, in my opinion. The bats were there most yeah. of the season. You saw a lot of the games, double-digit runs, but when the pitching gives up double-digit runs as well, it really doesn't mean as much. So, you know, they just have to go into the off season and, 
you know, look back at some of the, the good moments. You know, Dalen Pena with the 12th inning walk-off home run in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Another win in Austin against the Longhorns. It's, it was a very fun season. Lots of, of great moments to think about. And, you know, good momentum to carry forward to, to next season. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like you said, we got to look at the positives too. The, the batting average between Wheel and Powell is just phenomenal. 337, you know, that's very unheard of, um, you know, especially in the collegiate level. And then, like you said, Chase Moore, 17 home runs. I mean, guys, let's not forget, this guy is not only a freshman, he's also a pitcher. You know, he's a pitcher doing these kinds of things. Uh, if you want to look for the, po- the the positive side for the Bobcats, Bobcat baseball, um, not too many players leaving, you know, uh, uh, in, in this upcoming season as opposed to last season. So if, if you know, for whatever reason, if, if you're Coach Trout and you're worried about another regression year, because of the seniors leaving, I don't think that that's going to be as big of an issue as it was this year. So, you know, obviously that was the big thing before last year was losing a lot of players. So hopefully going into next season, they, they have a little bit more chemistry and can take, you know, all of that momentum over to next season with baseball season wrapping up. That pretty much wraps up Texas State sports for, you know, this academic school year as we enter the summer and we start to, to gear towards fall sports with, you know, football and volleyball and other things. So that is going to wrap it up for our local sports. And we are going to take a quick break. But on the other side of it, we're going to talk about everything from U.S. men's soccer to the NBA finals. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer, Richard Prasadioko, and co-host David Castaneda. This is your host, Colton Gibson. As I said before the break, the U.S. men's national soccer team is preparing for their next global tournament, and Richard has some news to tell us about it. Yeah, USMNT has just released their 24-player squad to face Mexico in a Nationals League Nations League uh, finals and to enter the Gold Cup tournament. It's certainly exciting to see some of the players they announced. In the goalkeeping position, we have Matt Turner. He's an English Premier League runner-up with Arsenal. That's a big deal. But unfortunately, he doesn't start regularly for them. But um, it's going to be pretty exciting to see his reflexes under the goal. And then talking about starting in a Premier League team, Anthony Robinson started 35 out of 38 games last season with Fulham at left back. Ultimately, they finished mid-standings at 10th place. So, yeah, it's always exciting to see him, especially in the national team, because he always has the energy and the crea- creativity. But the player that everyone is excited about, I don't know about you, Colton and David, it's Folarin Balogun. You might have not heard of him yet, but he scored 20 goals in 36 matches last season with French League 1 team Stade Reims. And it's more exciting when you put the fact that he chose DUS over Nigeria and England. So he had three nationalities, and FIFA was like, all right, you got to choose one to represent the rest of your life. And he just committed to the U.S., and that's a really big deal. Um, I don't know. How, how about y'all? Do y'all have any predictions or anything to say about this team? You know, I, I must admit I am not the most avid follower of, of U.S. men's soccer, but you know, most recently the World Cup happening, I, I watched quite a bit. And looking over this this roster that they released, it's a lot of the same names that you see from that team. And that was, you know, a very exciting time with very good games against, 
England and Wales and yeah. teams like that that have you know this high profile when it comes to football. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think it's going to be very exciting. You know, obviously, U.S. and Mexico is a, a big rivalry and, and things like this, and that's their first game eight days away. So seeing these guys that you know probably still have a bitter taste in their mouth from the way they went out against Netherlands in the World Cup, it's it's going to be exciting to see how they bounce back. Yeah, I might also add that they're playing with no manager, as in uh, they only have like an interim coach. The coach before this, um, Greg Berhalter, um, he went into some kind of a drama and he just replaced him with an interim, and it's not a permanent coach. So. It's going to be exciting to see the clash between one of our biggest rivals, Mexico, um, in a big stage tournament. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Like you said, it's already like a big rivalry in itself. But then whenever there's actually something to play for, you know, whenever it's not just another friendly match. I know I can speak as myself having one side of my family being Mexican and one side of my family being American. You know, that's always a pretty big game, yeah. uh, regardless of, you know, what sports are going on at the time. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's that's going to be pretty high stakes. And it's it's been long overdue for the U.S. to win, you know, any sort of uh, any sort of gold in, in yeah. the uh, <laughs> international scale. Uh, they came. They came. I guess close in the World Cup, making it to the round of uh, round of sixteen, 16 I believe. Yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, the best of luck to them. I know that their uh, trajectory is going upwards for sure. With you know soccer becoming a little bigger mm-hmm. in, in the U.S. nowadays, so it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. So as I mentioned, the U.S. men's national team will take on Mexico. That game will be June fifteenth, twenty twenty three, at nine p.m. Central, taking place. And Las Vegas, it is their Nations League semifinal. So tune in and check out that game. I'm sure it is going to be great. But now we're going to step back from that and take a look at some MLB news. I'm uh, going to take a look at some standings really quick, just a little update. I know we're a little bit over, I believe, a third of the way through the season now. So lots of exciting stuff, especially the last few days. In the American League, the division leaders of the East, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Twins lead the AL Central, and the Rangers lead the AL West. Uh, In the National League, the Braves lead the NL East, the Brewers in the Central, and the Diamondbacks in the NL West, a game ahead of the Dodgers now. Uh, The wild card spots in each league, in the American League, it's Baltimore, Houston, and the Yankees, while in the National League, it's the Dodgers, the Marlins, and the Pirates. Looking around the league, some different news that, that has gone down over the last few days. Um, if you're an Astros fan, you probably saw them pin oh, yeah. Blue Jays. Well, he was the ace last year, but Blue Jays ace Alec Manoa for six runs in the first inning. He only recorded one out, and since then he's been sent to their Florida Rookie League camp. For Rangers fans, Jacob deGrom going to need Tommy John surgery and will be out for the foreseeable future. Who would have seen that coming? All I'm going to say. And then if you're a Cincinnati Reds fan, maybe Ellie De La Cruz, who's the number four prospect in all of baseball, I believe, was called up and is starting his professional career. So, guys, you know, I'm not sure who y'all's teams are. I believe you're an Astros fan, David. So yep. just what are y'all's thoughts on what's going on right now? You know, how's, if it's how your team's doing or if there's something exciting going, you know, what's your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, being an Astros fan, I want to focus on that Alec Manoa abysmal performance versus the Astros. Like you said, point one innings pitched, six earned runs, and then he left with two in scoring position, uh, only able to get one out. 
for the Blue Jays, though, this is pretty pretty concerning, pretty scary. You know, like you said, this guy is supposed to be their ace. He's he's very young still, of course. You know, everybody has these struggles. But what concerns me is his velocity going down. You know, this year the the way that it has, and at such a young age, you know, that's a little bit concerning if you're if you're the if you're the pitching staff. Uh, you know, guys around the locker room and, and, and sources are saying that it's a mental issue. They don't see anything wrong with his mechanics. So this is going to be a problem for the Blue Jays, who are already pretty thin uh, in their pitching rotation. However, the good news, I feel like, for the Blue Jays, if you want to take anything away, is that they haven't gave the guy the big contract yet. And that typically seems to be the problem, like with Jacob deGrom, who, you know, God, they, they paid him a lot of money and... And if you're the Rangers right now, that's that's gotta suck. <laughs> you said you said you know who would have thought that would have happened, but this guy's throwing 100 plus on the mound every start, uh, low 90 sliders. I mean, he's had the the issues with with the injuries, pretty much his entire career. So you know, the Rangers gave him the big contract, took their chance, and now he's gonna need TJ. The bright side for them, you know, Nathan Eovaldi has been pitching like Jacob DeGrom. You know, he's ranked uh, number two, the second best pitcher in the AL. So that's good news for them. I mean, they're doing good this season. Yeah, so, you know, looking at the AL West, you know, us being both Astros fans, uh, after the Astros lost last night, unfortunately, the, the spread is back to four and a half games. Very manageable still, and honestly, that's going to be the race uh, of the league, I think. Either that yeah. or, you know, honestly, I think the Dodgers are going to separate themselves from the Diamondbacks at some point. But, you know, I've been surprised by the Diamondbacks. But, you know, the Astros and Rangers, I think, are going to be going back and forth. It's four and a half games right now. The Astros have been in their stride, but it feels like every time the Astros win, the Rangers are also winning. Yep. But, you know, talking about Jacob deGrom, you know, he's had an... an issue with arm surgery and having to to get surgery you know throughout his career hasn't thrown more than 100 innings since 2019 uh signed a five-year 185 million dollar deal in the offseason and is now having to repair a tear in his ucl just five starts in or six starts in so give you one more on there but obviously not the look that you want to get you know after you spend all this money on this guy yeah and i mean it, it, it's it's tough. Again, they they have had so many bright spots in their rotation. So I don't want to say they could afford it because they literally can't afford it, uh, quite literally. But but you know they, they're they've been surviving for sure, and they've been doing exceptionally well. You talk about that race between the Astros and the Rangers. Like you said, it seems like they're always on the same pace and. You know, it's got to be frustrating as being an Astros fan, but at the same time, you look at it and be like, okay, well, you're in a winning streak, so are the Rangers. But those are also games that if you're not winning, you're getting even further behind from the Rangers and them pulling away. So you got to think they're a little bit frustrated as well that for the first time in what seems like a, like a five, six, seven years, they have a real chance of like pulling away with the division, but the Astros won't let them. And, you know, you talk about other teams that are still kind of hanging in there. The Mariners have been a little bit disappointing. But I, I agree with you, Colin. This is going to be the most competitive uh, division in the AL, especially with the with the Rays running away with it. And, I mean, the AL Central is 
is terrible. What can you say? So we'll just see how that plays out. Yeah, one story I completely forgot to mention is looking at the league leaders a little bit, and the batting average race has been insane. Oh, my goodness. Marlins player Luis Arise is hitting 401 right now. I know he was hitting 399 yesterday, so I guess he knocked out a couple hits. Yep. He's on pace. You know, we're months into the season now, and he's still on this crazy pace, batting 401. Looking at some other stats, Pete Alonso leads with 22 homers. Uh, Shane McClanahan has a 2.02 ERA still. Jordan Alvarez leading the league with 53 RBIs. And then another thing that has, you know, been dramatically increased this year, which has kind of been rooted to maybe some of Alec Manoa's problems, is the pitch clock. And the pitch clock, how it's been affecting stolen bases is crazy. You know, not normally you talk about the Oakland A's, but Estieri Ruiz, who's been, I don't know if he's been a bright spot. He doesn't hit very well, but he gets on base, you know, pretty often, and he steals bases like a maniac. 29 stolen bases already in the month of June, so... You know, that record that's sitting there, I'm not going to say it's going to get broken, but people are going to start looking at it a lot more because stolen bases are just much more available than they have been in a past season. Man, I agree. And and I read somewhere that he was on on on, on record or on, on the path to break the record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, that he's stealing bases for absolutely no reason. He's getting a scoring position for guys who are batting, you know, 150 in the lineup. So that's pretty... That's pretty unfortunate. What I, I want to go back to that Luis Arias thing. Batting 400 is absolutely unheard of. And last night, like you said, batting 399, raised it up to 401. That's That's been huge. And we want to talk about Ruiz doing things for no reason for a team who's got no, no chance is going to be sold next season. The Marlins are in second place in the NL East with the Phillies, who were in the World Series, and the Mets, who have spent... I think the most money in, in, in the entire league, that's pretty impressive. And Luis Arias has been a big part of that. You know, Sandy not having the best season, I believe, you know, being a Cy Young. Did he win Cy Young last year? Yeah. yeah. So Cy Young candidate, and he's hovering above a four ERA. So pretty impressive for the Marlins. And, and the NL is also looking pretty sharp. You talk about the race between the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. I mean, who would have seen that from the Diamondbacks? Corbin Carroll not only playing like the rookie of the year, but also playing like an all-star. I really think this guy has a serious case for being an all-star. So I believe this is one of the most exciting uh, seasons that we've seen in recent times for the MLB. And, uh, you know, Rob Manfred's mission was to make the game more exciting and and more action-packed with these new rules, and I believe that's exactly what he has done. Yeah, so lots of good stuff going on in Major League Baseball. Going to be able to start talking about All-Star Game and All-Star Break and, you know, post-All-Star Break stuff real soon. But now on to probably the most exciting thing going on right now, and that is the NBA Finals. Game 3 happening tonight at 7.30. Currently, series tied 1-1 to with Denver winning the first game 104-93, followed by Miami taking a game in Denver 111-108 to on Sunday. Guys, it's been a very exciting uh, series already. You know, a lot of the times they say that a series doesn't really start until a team wins on the road, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. happened now. Series is tied 1-1, to and they are headed to Miami now. Yeah, I mean, 
this is a series where where people you know and i would believe like more casual fans were calling it you know a boring series a series that has maybe a chance to go to five if the heat are lucky but last or last game the heat proved that this is a real exciting series that's gonna that's gonna happen especially with the win at home like you said colton the nuggets i believe were undefeated in the playoffs at home uh prior to that game and you know nikola Jokic. 41 points did everything he could and and it just wasn't enough Gabe Vincent how about this leading the team with 23 points the heat shooting nearly 50 percent from the three-point line and they still you know barely barely got out of Denver with a loss or with a win I'm sorry and um you know now going back to Miami where they are obviously a lot more comfortable the the you know, fun fact, the Nuggets have the best record at home, I believe, where teams have the worst record playing in Denver, obviously, because of the elevation. So that's a real big deal. The fact that they were able to sneak one away at home, it's it's like a double home court advantage for the Nuggets, and they were still unable to come up with the, uh, you know, with the games to take care of at home. So we'll see what the Heat can do. Uh, they had their chances against the Celtics at home, but weren't able to get it done. So, um you know, we'll, we'll just see. We'll just see how it plays out. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, David, coming into the finals, like there's a lot of people that says, "Oh yeah, Nuggets is gonna win in four. and like Jimmy Butler and the guys are proving them wrong. It's it's crazy. I feel I feel like they can make it to Game Seven. Yeah, they're they're continuing this crazy story that all started by. You know, being an eight seed and going through the play-in and then ultimately beating the Milwaukee Bucks, who many people had as their title favorites other than the, the Denver Nuggets. So now they're here to, to conquer the other side, conquer the other number one seed after they put together an amazing postseason. Looking at, you know, a couple fun facts. When the NBA Finals have been tied one-to-one, the team that wins game three goes on to win the title 80% of the time. So obviously mm. it's going to be mm. a very important game. However, recently... Uh, game three winners have only had a four and four series record since the 2010 finals. So, you know, maybe that that statistic is kind of going out. But you mentioned what Jokic has done. The The Nuggets have put together, you know, only four losses this postseason. And in those losses, he averages 42 points, 11 rebounds and 10 assists. <laughs> and you look at the boxes from when they win and he, obviously still very good, but not exactly as high looking at, you know, the heat side of things. You know, Jimmy Butler really hasn't put together a, a great game since that opening series against Milwaukee. Uh, and the biggest story, perhaps, uh, a player that they thought might not have a chance to return because they thought they'd be an early exit is Tyler Hero is finally starting to come around and might be able to return potentially tonight. But I'd, I obviously it's not been announced what Coach Spolstra is going to decide on yet. But looking at it. You know, tied 1-1, going to Miami tonight. What are y'all's predictions for the rest of the series? You got Denver, you got Miami. I I got the hate. I got the heat taking these next two games at home, and then I have no idea what's going to happen after that. It's going to be very hard for the Heat to take some more games in Denver, but they already did their job. They got one in Denver, so we're just going to have to see where it goes from here. Yeah, if I think if Heat wins, it's going to be on Game 7. But if Nuggets wins, it's probably on game five or six. Yeah, my original prediction was Nuggets in five. Uh, I didn't necessarily think that the Heat were going to win game two, but 
looking at the Nuggets team, they're they're just too stacked. Jokic is the best player on the planet right now. Yeah. Come at me. Uh, Jamal Murray has <laughs> has been back at that level that he was at when they were in the bubble. You know, before he got injured. Michael Porter Jr. has been a defensive juggernaut. Aaron Gordon, you know, he had what fourteen points in the first oh, yeah. quarter of Game One. Mm-hmm. So you know, they finally figured him out a little bit. But obviously, the Heat have gone against what everybody thought the entire time we've been talking about the NBA playoffs. I I don't think it's out of the question that they you know can continue to do it. Well, let me ask you this, Colton: Who do you think the country wants to win? I mean, the Nuggets are they they've deserved it for a while now, but the Heat are also an <laughs> underdog story. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of stories that kind of go into this. You know, everybody wants to see Jimmy Butler win his first ring, and you know, potentially could be his only ring as he's kind of getting up there mm-hmm. in age. But people also want to see Jokic get a ring to to go along with his MVPs. You know. It closes the narrative of him being a good regular season player but not being able to take his team, you know, to the championship. So I think either side has, has plenty plenty of stories, plenty of fans that would love to see them win. But Jokic does have a whole another country that that is rooting yeah. for him. So I think either team, while it was wasn't what the league wanted in terms of you know views or whatever, right. which I actually saw a stat that said that the views were actually at the same level they were last year. So. You know, I'm not super into that, but I think either side winning would be would be great for for both of those teams, and at least it wasn't the Bucks or the Warriors or those teams that have been in there every year. Yeah, I was just about to say it seems like since 2014, 15, we've got into this habit of having you know, especially I, I feel 20, 20, 2015 through 2019 was just super teams the entire time, and and at least me. Being being a longtime basketball fan, I'm happy to just see two home built teams. You know, you talk about Jokic, Michael Porter; those are two teams that were drafted. Except we never saw Jokic get drafted. If if anybody's seen the video of that, but uh, same thing with the Heat. You know, besides Jimmy Butler, these are all homegrown guys, and it's really cool to to see two teams who have just made their teams uh, from from the, from scouting and from drafting come together and face off in, in a really good final series. Well, while we have just a few minutes left, uh, a little news that was announced this morning for you gamers out there. The Madden cover athlete was announced this morning, and the athlete on the cover of Madden 24 will be Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Obviously, over the last few years, taken the league by storm and is going to be the first Bills player to grace the cover of Madden. So, like I said, for you gamers out there that, that play every year, um, you know, a little look into what this next game is going to be. But... Before we get out of here today, we are going to send it over to David for a little update on our San Marcos weather. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I'm going to run you all through the weather for this upcoming weekend. Today, we have a low of 66 with a high of 87, 40% chance of rain. Tomorrow, there's a 30% chance of rain with a high of 90, low of 67. Through the weekend, we're going to have pretty good weather, high of 95 on Friday and Saturday with a 40% chance of rain on Saturday. Sunday is a beautiful day, 72, high of 97. And Monday, to start the week, we'll have a chance of rain for 30%, high of 98, and a low of 72. So overall, pretty good weekend to go and listen to some KTSW on the radio, everybody. Yeah, so have a good weekend. Stay safe, you know. Watch all your sports, listen to all your sports, and, you know, try to avoid the rain and go do some fun summer stuff. But that is all of our time today, so make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
For David Castaneda and Richard Prosadioko, I'm Colton Gibson. Thank you for listening to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio. We hope you tune in again next time and continue to enjoy your summer. But for now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.